We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Today is day two of our deep dive series. Yesterday, I went over Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. If you missed that episode, make sure to check it out. Today is day two with Luke Musgrave, and I'm going to start right away, so let's not waste any time. Luke Musgrave is a 6'6", 253-pound tight end out of Oregon State. He is a true senior, and he will turn 23 in September. Some background info on the tight end. He is a champion alpine skier. He lettered in track in high school, also played some lacrosse, and his uncle Bill was a former NFL quarterback drafted in the fourth round and is currently an offensive assistant for the Cleveland Browns. Statistically, a little bit to be desired here, and we'll talk about more on that in just a moment. 47 receptions, 633 yards, two touchdowns. He had nine drops in his career. His best season was 22 catches for 304 yards and one touchdown. Uh, So again, that was his best overall season. Athletically tested through the roof, did all of the testing, tested well in absolutely 
absolutely everything. A 9.78 RAS score, basically a 97.8th percentile athlete at the tight end position, had a 1.5 yard, 10 yard split. Uh, or a 1.54 second 10-yard split, excuse me, which is a 98.7th percentile 10-yard split at tight end. He is you know, super quick and he shows off that with his 10-yard split and that shows up on tape as well. Had a 4.61 40-yard dash. If you look at his athletic comps per the relative athletic scores, his top athletic comparisons were Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, Bucky Hodges, who never really turned out, Jelani Woods, and Daniel Bellinger. Those were his top NFL comparisons athletically using the RAS system. If you look at mock draftable, their top athletic comparisons were actually Packers third round tight end, Tucker Craft, Cole Komet from the Bears, also Daniel Bellinger, also Bucky Hodges, Dallas Clark, the former Indianapolis Colts tight end, and Martellus Bennett, he who should not be named, uh, but the former Patriots, Bears, Packers, tight end, etc. So those were the athletic comps. As far as grades go per PFF, in 2019, he had a 60.9 grade. In 2020, a 56.0 grade. 2021, a 60.1 grade. And in 2022, had his best grade with a 72.5 grade. But that's just sort of some of the background information. Let's get into the real meat and potatoes. And let's start off with his positives. For those who didn't check out yesterday's interview, I go through as much tape as I can possibly find, break down everything I can possibly break down, and put together all of my notes in one huge scouting report. So that is what you are about to get. And again, let's start with his positives. The biggest positive to me is he's an extremely, extremely clean mover at the tight end position. He looks the part, he's got great size, and just the pure movement skills on tape are fun to watch. That's one of those players. If you just want to do the blind scouting test and just turn on the Oregon State game, and if you didn't know who you were supposed to be scouting, if you didn't know if it was one of the offensive linemen, the quarterback, the tight end, the running back, the wide receiver, you didn't know. Somebody just told you, hey, turn on the Oregon State game today, and one of those players is going to be a top draft pick, you you wouldn't need to know who it was. You could find him in seconds and be like, oh, it's it's number 88. He's the guy that I can't take my eyes away from. And part of that is, a large part of that is well, his size, but also just his clean movement ability. This guy moves at times, like when I say he moves like a wide receiver, I'm not talking about like, you know, some, like a Justin Jefferson, right? But the way he get, you know, is able to get off the line of scrimmage, use that first step acceleration and sort of kind of get in and out of his breaks, he looks extremely natural doing so and especially natural for the fact that he's so tall and uh, you know, this is a, a big tight end, right? This is not your small, short squat receiver tight end. This is a big tight end and his movement skills jump off the page. And again, it's that quickness, that acceleration and all of the things, the 10 yard split, the broad jump, the uh, vertical, all of those things he tested extremely high in, which shows off that first step athleticism and that in that uh, overall uh, burst in his game, his explosion score. And those are all the things that quickly, quickly show up on tape uh, in his Oregon State tape. And the other thing here with him being such a clean mover is he has some legitimate juice after the catch. This is somebody who uses his speed after the catch. And we'll go over some of his weaknesses in just a moment with this, but he has the ability to get his, you know, the ball in his hands and get moving extremely fast. And Green Bay has not had anyone like that since Jermichael Finley. They haven't had a tight end where he catches a crosser and can accelerate and actually get up the field. 
He, they haven't had anyone that can go on a wheel route and go to the side, go on a wheel route and accelerate up the field and actually gain separation. They haven't had somebody who can work the seam of the field and have that quickness to get up the field and then that big body target to work the seam of the field. He has that. And once he gets the ball in his hands, he has that gear that he, he can explode and separate from defenders. And again, it is going to take some getting used to because it's been a hot second since your Michael Finley, since they've had a player like that, that can get the ball in his hands at tight end and actually make explosive plays out of it. And I think the big thing here is he is going to be an absolute weapon on play action and specifically on those play action bootlegs in Matt LaFleur's offense. So you know exactly the ones that I'm talking about where you're doing, you know, zone stretch, zone stretch, zone stretch. And then all of a sudden you do the bootleg and Jordan Love's going to bootleg out on it. You know, maybe it's, it's going to be probably like, uh, you know, just kind of like the, the, I don't know, not a naked bootleg, but a, a bootleg to the right. And you've got the little, uh, maybe one tight end that's coming in the flat and then a tight end behind them. And then maybe a receiver deep and you've got those three layers. Either if he's that tight end that's in the flat, how many times year after year after year has that been a little catch in the flat and it's like one yard and he's immediately tackled? Luke Musgrave has the ability to take that and actually turn up field and get yardage out of it because he's got that explosive you know, run after catch ability and that great speed. Furthermore, if he's the guy in the back end, if it's a two tight end set and it's this guy in the back end that's coming across uh, on a, you know, kind of an intermediate crossing route, there are a couple plays on tape where he's hitting that intermediate crosser and he is separating with speed and you get out there. If you're the quarterback, you remember, you're going to have your head away from the ball and you're going to be doing the handoff there, the, the, the play action. And by the time you kind of do that big loop and get your head around, what you're hoping is to look up and see whoever it is, whether it's a receiver or a tight end, it open in space he's going to be that guy that's open in space. Add on to it that he's got great size, great hands. And this is a player that is going to be a weapon in the bootleg game. But more importantly, he's going to be in all play action. If you think of, you know, some of those three tight end sets where you've got a tight end maybe in line and it like, it looks like it's a short yardage situation. And maybe the tight end kind of sneaks out of the backfield and runs that wheel route up the field. He showed that on tape where he did something similar, where he kind of did the little, you know, to the sideline route and then up, you know, kind of a sideline and go and um, it was off of play action. It was on the opposite hash and he explodes up the field, separates at the, the catch point and makes a great touchdown catch out of it. So these are things that he is showing on tape and in play action and on the bootlegs and all the things that we see quite a bit in Matt LaFleur's offense, they actually have a tight end that they are going to be able to use in those situations and actually get big plays out of it. And that should give Packer fans a lot of excitement. I also think that he is going to have some real, true, legitimate versatility. And there's, if you look at some of the Bob McGinn scouting reports and they're saying he's a true F tight end, he's a true move tight end, you're not going to be able to, I, I disagree with that completely. This is somebody who is going to be able to become an all-around tight end, in my opinion. I think you're going to be able to use him as a move tight end. I think you're going to be able to use him as an inline tight end. I think you're going to be able to use him some on the, some trips formation, you know, where he's kind of like the lead guy in trips. They did a little bit of that at Oregon State and some of those, you know, whether it's wide receiver screens or you've kind of got a stack formation, he's kind of the big guy up front, kind of used as a big physical wide receiver. 
I think in goal line situations, you're going to be able to line him up one-on-one like a big wide receiver, throw some fades to him. He's even going to be able to get open on some slant plays like they used to do with Jermichael Finley. Like he is going to be able to be used in a variety of different ways that even sometimes, I wouldn't say it was like a true H-back role, but kind of like an offset tight end. And that's where you get some of those play actions where they come across the formation in the backfield and then kind of leak out in front and you just do that little toss ahead and they take take it upfield. We've seen Green Bay run those with Tunney. And again, they go for two, three yards and with Musgrave, they're going to have the opportunity to go for a whole lot more. So I think he's going to be able to develop into a true wide tight end. I think he's already going to be a great move tight end, a big wide receiver, a fade guy in goal line situations, a slant guy in goal line situations, a little bit of H back. I don't think he can, like, he's not a fullback. You're not going to put him in there and have him be a lead blocker, but everything else you can think of, I do think he's going to have the ability to develop into. As far as his blocking goes, we're going to get into blocking as a weakness as well, because overall, he's not a great blocker, but I came away really excited from what I saw on tape as a blocker. If going back all the way to 2020 with some of the tape that I viewed back from then, I think he hits his landmarks incredibly well for a blocker. And he is very precise at hitting those landmarks. On some plays, he's pulling around. And then they they did a little play where he would pull around and he would fake like he was going to go um, like up the field and like he was going to steal. And then he would kick out and go and block somebody else. Like it was a very precision blocking system that Oregon State had set up, especially for some of their tight ends. And he would consistently get to the points that he was supposed to get to, hit those landmarks. And he you could tell, the big thing here is you could tell he took it very seriously. And I think that is going to be a huge aspect here as we project his blocking ability moving forward. I also thought he did a really good job on double team blocks. So imagine him lined up in line as a wide tight end or like as your inline tight end, right? And you've got maybe he's next to the right tackle and they're going to double team whatever defensive end is across from him. He legitimately added value in those situations. If you're a bad blocker, like a lot of times, sometimes it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'll push him a little bit, whatever. Like he very much went for the double team and those two worked together, the tackle and the tight end to get that guy moved in the running game. And I thought he did a really nice job in those situations. And here's the other thing. For a guy that's supposedly a bad blocker and can't be a wide tight end, there are a handful of tapes and they're just some, it's not consistent, but there are some blocks on tape that are extremely impressive where you will see a pancake here and there. You will see him get out. There was one play where he went and he blocked a guy out of bounds. So for a guy that's a bad blocker, you see a lot of effort plays. You can see he cares about it and you see some very impressive blocks from time to time as well. He is not a blocking tight end. He is going to have to develop in this regard overall. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But for somebody who is considered just like he's only going to be a move tight end, he's just basically a big receiver. I don't see that at all. I think he really has the ability to develop into a very good blocker. And I put here one of my big notes, I think he has real upside as a blocker. So that doesn't mean that this is going to happen overnight. This is going to take some time. He's going to have to add some functional strength. We'll get into all of those things. But I see somebody who can develop into a blocker. And I don't think um, from a blocking standpoint, it's all that different from Robert Tunyon. And you might be like, well, Robert Tunyon wasn't a great blocker. And you're right. However, in this past season, and as he progressed, and I think a lot of this was learning from Mercedes Lewis as well, he really improved as a blocker to the point where you could use him as a true wide tight end. Earlier in his career, they had to use him kind of more as just a receiving tight end. 
in his last couple of seasons, and the, the interesting thing is, is after his injury, he was no longer a receiving tight end. He couldn't do anything after the catch. He couldn't do anything from an explosive standpoint. He wasn't catching balls down the seam. He wasn't really doing anything as a receiving tight end, but he became a much better blocker to still have value on the team and give Tunyon a lot of credit for doing that. But I think he can become a very similar blocker to what Tunyon was this past season with much, 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 much more ability as a receiving tight end. Um, he has a fantastic wingspan and catch radius. So as you can imagine, long arms, big build, almost six seven. Like he has a he has a very good catch radius. And um, one of the things I put on here as well is he can make a bad throw good. So there were a couple plays where the quarterback overthrew him. And it didn't matter because he came down with it anyway, because he has that great size, the great wingspan, the catch radius is incredible. So uh, he's going to help out. If, if you're a Jordan Love, you're your first year as a starter, things are going to break down around you. Teams are going to throw the kitchen sink at you. Having a guy like that, that can be your security blanket over the middle, that has that massive catch radius, that can wall off opposing defenders, like those are really key attributes and something that's really going to help Jordan Love if Musgrave can come in and really use some of those skills from day one. He should be, and he projects to be a phenomenal red zone threat. Now, some of those production issues, he only had two touchdown catches in his entire college career. And as I've joked about before, he should have accidentally probably had about eight to 10 touchdowns in his college career, just based on who he is as an athlete. So it is what it is, but his projection is as a fantastic red zone weapon that, like I said, probably can line out wide, do some jump ball stuff, run some legitimate routes from that spot. I think he's going to be a very nice matchup piece and somebody that you're really going to look to when you get in the red zone. And we know Green Bay had their red zone issues a season ago, and he should very much help with that. He's a legit seam threat up the middle of the field. That's like one of the first things I look for for tight ends is can they stretch the seam? Because I just think it brings a dynamic to your offense that is so valuable because I know we in Green Bay have not seen, you know, we, we haven't had a quarterback in a while that has wanted to attack the middle of the field, unfortunately. But with Jordan Love, I expect that to change. I expect that he is going to attack the middle of the field. And we've got a true big tight end that can get up the seam and get there quickly and run past linebackers. That is a huge weapon to have. And that's going to help create some of those explosive plays. Also, that's going to take some of the safety attention. If he's screaming up the seam and the linebacker's having trouble sticking with him, those safeties are going to have to pay a little bit closer attention. That's going to open things up for Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson on the outside of the field as well. So I think he's going to start, if he can hit some of those seam passes, Jordan Love meaning, if he can hit some of those seam passes um, to him up the middle of the field, I think that's really going to open up some things for this offense, especially on the outside and keep the safety's attention on what Musgrave is doing in the middle of the field. Uh, he doesn't even know how to manipulate defenders yet, and he can still separate and get open. Um, that's something he's going to have to work on, which we'll get to, but he's still separating and getting open. A lot of that's due to athleticism and speed, but um, you know, whatever, like that's his, that's his skill, that's his power, and that's what he's going to use, and he can use it well, and it should even get better as he learns how to manipulate defenders and kind of change up that pacing a little bit. Uh, he, as I mentioned earlier, he can wall off smaller defenders as a receiver. Uh, he showed the ability to separate at the catch point. He does a really nice job sitting down in zones and can become an easy target in the middle of the field for some easy checkdowns and easy completions for Jordan Love. He's a natural hands catcher. And I would just say he's a natural receiver because there's times where he will pluck the ball out of the air. There's other times where it's just kind of in a weird spot. Maybe it's a little bit contested. And sometimes he'll do a little bit of a body catch, but 
almost at times where it feels like it's kind of like not the worst thing in the world to do it. So um, yeah, he's, like I said, he's a natural hands catcher and I, I don't mind every, you know, every way that he finds ways to come down with getting the ball. I don't really care. And I, I overall like that he's, you know, he has different ways that he can catch the ball, but he shows off his hands and catches a variety of different passes that come his way. He can get the lower ones. He can get the high ones. And again, that catch radius comes up huge in those situations. Um, he will come, uh, as I mentioned, he will find unique ways to come down with the ball. Um, he had a couple like sliding catch attempts and those sort of things. He's got great, uh, just natural athletic ability. And you could just tell he's kind of a see ball, get ball type of mentality. And again, you love to see that. Uh, I do think he has a lot of things that he did in Oregon State's offense that's going to carry over very, very well to Matt LaFleur's offense. You saw a couple of key concepts. They wanted to use him as a blocker, you know, even though that wasn't necessarily his, his key skill in college. There's a lot of things that Oregon State asked him to do that's going to carry over very well for, for Matt LaFleur and the Packers offense. For whatever it's worth, he had a wonderlick of 30, which is a pretty high score. Um, and that was one of the top tight end scores. So I, you know, if that is of value to you, I will put it in there. And he also had a blocked punt on special teams. So he has some value there as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As far as negatives go, the biggest negative is production. He had 47 catches in 34 career games. So, I mean, barely over one catch per game in his career. You're taking a tight end early in the second round in the top 50 of the draft that had 47 catches in 34 career games. So this is obviously a bit of a projection. And this is somebody that in his last two games before he got hurt this year, you could start to see the production come and he was probably going to have a massive season. And quite honestly, uh, had he had the season that everyone was anticipating and what he showed on tape in the first two games, I think we're probably talking about somebody who went off the board on early, or on late day one um, instead of early day two. But Still, 47 catches in 34 career games, two career touchdowns, only 633 career yards. Like, if you told me this year that he had for for an early second round tight end that he had 47 catches for 633 yards and two touchdowns, I'd be like, 
okay, it's it's not bad for his first year, but that's what he had in his career. So definitely some uh, lack of production in his career. Now, he to be fair, they did do a little bit more of a run first offense, you know, in, in, in a couple of these recent seasons. And I frankly, I'm just going to say it. I think that the offense was pretty dumb to not utilize him more because like I said, he was the stud on that team and they needed to find the way to get him on the field more and just get him more involved in the offense. Uh, so production, definitely an issue. Um, like I said, his, or I mentioned earlier, his best season was 22 catches for 304 yards and one touchdown. That was his best season. He did miss 11 games with a knee injury in 2022. It sounds like he's almost all recovered from that. And here's the big thing. If Green Bay cleared him from injury, then I don't have much concern about it. So that's where I would put it. But he did miss time last year with a knee injury. Uh, I, blocking, as mentioned, is a major work in progress. So he hits his landmarks. He cares about it. You see some really good blocks on tape. He's sort of a a get in the way type of blocker more than anything, but that's kind of what he is right now. He's more of a get in the way. He will get very unbalanced at times. You will see bigger defenders throw him around. And even when he hits those landmarks, there were a couple of plays where he let, he gets out there and he hits his landmark and he hit it with a, you know, hit it with pacing and he gets there and the guy just sheds his block and makes the play anyway. So getting there is a big piece of the battle. And like I said, you can tell he cares about it, but once you get there, you have to keep the block engaged or you didn't really do the block and it didn't really matter that you got there all that much in the first place. So it's important that he gets there, but it's more important that he actually you know, holds up on his end of the bargain with the blocking assignment and make sure that that guy doesn't get off the block and go, goes and makes the play. So he's going to have to add a little bit of physicality, a little bit more toughness. He's going to put out, you have to put on some functional strength, but I think he's going to do that. And I do think he's going to continue to grow as a blocker moving forward. The other thing I would say is his route running has to become much more precise. If he was reporting to the old quarterback in Green Bay, this would be a much bigger concern for me. Thankfully, Luke Musgrave, Jordan Love, and everyone is going to kind of be learning on the same learning curve here at the same time. He needs to be much sharper at his break points. You will see him round off some routes, not in the good way, like where it just isn't precise as it needs as precise as it needs to be. He needs to utilize his eyes more to throw off defenders. Defenders are able to read him very easily and understand where he's going to go. He needs to find a way to be more deceptive. He's not just always going to win with speed in the NFL, so he has to become more nuanced as a route runner. You will see him get choppy at the top of the route, which makes him not separate as easily, and defenders give them time to sort of catch up and sort of rebalance and you know click and close to whatever he's going to do. So there are things that he very much needs to clean up, and just overall, his precision as a route runner, his deceptiveness as a route runner needs to become much better. And that's the other thing I would say too, and this kind of goes all together with the blocking and with the, the the pass catching, the details matter in the NFL. And I thought the details were very much lacking at Oregon State. And that's not out of the realm of normal. Like these are college players learning a very difficult position. And it's, you know, the, the details are what happens when you become a true professional at the position and you've been playing for a while. Some of those things start becoming more uh, second nature, but it all goes down to how we can be more technical as a blocker, how we can maintain that block, how we can make sure that he's not rounding off routes, that he's not choppy at the top of the route, that he's running a precise route at the right moment, cutting it off at the right time. It was just a little sloppy and lacked some of the detail that you'll see from the professionals. And that's what he's going to have to really learn at the NFL level. 
You will see, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, some body catches at times, but I'm really not concerned with it. I don't think it's a huge issue. He did have one ball that bounced off of his hands against Cal in 2020 and ended up in an interception. That was rare. He had nine drops overall, but I think he has very natural hands. And like I said, I'm not super concerned about his hands moving forward. I would say he's definitely more of a finesse player at this point. You'll see him get out-muscled at the point of attack, both at the catch point for some of those contested catches, as well as in the blocking game. So just adding that functional strength, becoming more of a professional, working on the details, becoming more technically sound. Those are all things that he's going to have to work on. And hopefully that you know brings a little bit of toughness with it. And he needs to just do a better job through contact after the catch as well. I mentioned earlier that he can run after the catch with his speed and he has some real legitimate juice and speed after the catch, which is super exciting. The issue is he's not a tackle breaker. He will not make people miss in the open field. He has no juke or anything like that. He's not giving a successful stiff arm. He's basically just a catch ball, run as fast as I can guy. If he can develop a little bit more power, a little bit more strength, a little bit more intensity, run through some people's faces, you know, do a stiff arm here and there. Those are the things that he has to work on because in the NFL, it's much less likely that you're just going to be able to run away from people. So it's great that he's got speed, but everyone does in the NFL. And now it's going to be time to learn maybe more, you know, a couple more tricks to the trade and hopefully use a little bit more physicality. That's the other thing. He's got great speed, but he does everything with speed and he needs to become a little bit more nuanced and learn how to pace his routes a little bit. That goes all back to that deceptiveness and, all right, can I throttle things down a little bit and then explode and gain some of that separation? Right now, everything's 100 miles per hour. He'll get to his his uh, checkpoint as a blocker and he'll get to his landmark and it's 100 miles an hour and then he gets there and then he you know doesn't maintain the block sometimes. So can we just slow down a little bit and again, work on those details and make sure that everything's a bit more precise and a bit more technically sound. And then the other thing lastly is that he only had 70 snaps of pass protection in his entire career at Oregon State. So pass pro is not going to be something that comes to him naturally and it's probably going to be something that he has to put a lot of work into. What he's going to be able to bring to Green Bay, a real true weapon at tight end, a developmental wide tight end who can play inside and I think really become a much better blocker. I think he can become a very big matchup piece that is going to give defenses nightmares if he can really become the receiving tight end that he's capable of becoming. I think he's going to be a really big time red zone weapon, a real nice security blanket for Jordan Love. He's got great speed. He can hit the seam. He's got incredible, incredible upside. I think both Tyler Kraft and, um, or Tucker, both the tight ends are, uh, you know, going to, uh, Tucker Kraft, excuse me, are, are going to be able to, you know, see the playing field from day one. Um, and I think they're going to see playing time immediately. So both Musgrave and Tucker Kraft are going to do that. And I think that's going to be a very fun, unique, and uh, exciting uh, tight end group. And then um, if you're interested, for those interested in the numerology, he is going to wear number 88 for the Packers moving forward, which seems fitting because like I said, he's going to be the first tight end with some of that run after the catch juice since Jermichael Finley, who also wore number 88. My final thoughts, he was my favorite pick of the Packers draft. I was super excited when they took him. Um, I think tight ends are always a gamble and are very difficult to develop. As mentioned in a couple of the other episodes, you have to learn all of the the run blocking assignments and you have to learn how to block almost like an offensive lineman. You have to learn all the pass protections, all the blitz pickup calls. You have to learn all the audibles. You have to learn everything on that side of things. And then as a receiver, you also have to learn the whole route tree. You've got to learn how to become a better receiver. We talked about he needs to use his eyes, slow down, throttle down a little bit, use more pacing, like all of those 
those things. So he has a lot to work on as a receiver and as a blocker. That's just a lot on a young tight end's plate. So like I said, tight ends are a little bit of a gamble. They're hard to develop. So set expectations accordingly. Injuries production have also been a concern throughout his career. As I mentioned, if Green Bay was concerned with the injuries, they probably wouldn't have taken him. So the fact that they did gives me a pretty good feel that they probably aren't super concerned about it. I do think he's a better blocker than he's given credit for. And I think there's a lot of upside there as a blocker, which is probably going to come as a surprise. Um, I know maybe some won't disagree with me, but I see some real upside as a blocker for him. He needs to master the details and that could take a little bit of time. So I think preaching patience for some of these young tight ends is going to be really important. And like I said, he is the first tight end that is going to be on the Packers with some real legitimate run after the catch juice since Jermichael Finley. As I mentioned with Jake Morley the other day, him and I were both talking about it in our, uh, you know, in the what Sunday episode. Luke Musgrave and Christian Watson have very similar sort of upsides here. What Christian Watson was to the early second round wide receiver position in 2022, Luke Musgrave is to that same level of upside and freak athleticism to the tight end position in the early second round in 2023. A lot of talent, a lot of excitement. The upside's tremendous. Watson didn't have a ton of productivity in college. Musgrave didn't have a ton of productivity in college, but these are raw pieces of clay that have everything that you are possibly looking for at the position. And I know if you read some of the scouting reports that McGinn put out there, like every other scouting report you read, like guys are just ripping players apart. Musgrave's scouting report by all the different scouts, there were a ton of positives on things to say. We can get caught up in production in some of those things, at the end of the day, that stuff is sort of a red herring. It doesn't matter all that much what they did in college from a productivity standpoint, because it's all about projecting what they you know, can do at the NFL level. And you watch him on tape. And like I said, he jumps off the screen. His athleticism is so fun. Like I kept wanting more. I'm like, I want to see more Luke Musgrave. I want to see more Luke Musgrave. Like you couldn't get enough of him watching him on tape. And I'm hoping that that's the same feeling we get as we watch him on Sundays and can't get enough of Lucas Musgrave in the plays that he's making as a member of the Green Bay Packers. That does it for my full deep dive and scouting report on Luke Musgrave. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new Jaden Reed deep dive. So make sure not to miss that as well. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. decisions for your company you always look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents books and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. 
Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.